This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Good afternoon and welcome. It was three years in the making and cost more than $90 million. The inquiry into murdered and missing Indigenous women interviewed more than 2,300 people and came to the startling conclusion that the level of violence against these women amounts to a Canadian genocide. The commissioners are recommending sweeping reforms to the justice system, including tougher penalties for partner abuse. So how big a step is this towards the reconciliation that our government has been promising? We'd like to hear from you. The numbers to call 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. Now, joining me in studio, Kat Krieger, a traditional Indigenous elder, and on the line, Brenda Wastasakut, Assistant Professor of Indigenous Studies at the University of Toronto. Welcome to you both. Thank you for being here. Hello, thank you. Hi, Kat. Good afternoon, Libby. Good afternoon. Let's start with you, Kat. What's your reaction to this? Um, You know, the the first time ever I hear about a report coming out, it often is preceded by a previous report and preceded by a previous report. And I was just looking at some quick stats and saw that in 2010, there was a report that documented 582 uh, missing. And then 2014, the RCMP released another report of 1,200 missing, um, which is just a, a, a devastating figure to see in the increase uh, based on which report was more accurate. I guess they're both accurate to some degree, but that's a lot. So f- for me, this this got me out of my office and down here to speak with you immediately today without hesitation. Okay. Brenda, what's your reaction? Uh, it's not a surprise to me that it's been ruled with the Canadian genocide. Think they're accurate. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh- and uh, Brenda, how um, how far do you think this goes to rec- reconciliation? Are you there, Brenda? Okay, I think, Brenda, we are going to have to call you back. Uh, we continue with Kat here in studio. How far does this go to reconciliation? Uh- you know, the, the thought of reconciliation, the idea of restoring a formal relationship, and that's assuming the relationship was a good one. Uh, the, the There needs to be action. And I know a lot of our viewers, our listeners are thinking this. There needs to be action. There needs to be movement. And there needs to be um, zero time when we take it, until we take action. Uh, so what do you think are the keys to the right kind of action. I mean, we haven't, we haven't even had a chance to read all the 230 recommendations, but they seem to be pretty sweeping, starting with changes to the justice system and to policing. And, and as you mentioned, we've heard about this before. And we see, um, 
quite often we see recommendations for change to different concepts of government, policing, ways of being. And I think it lays within the hearts of most people to want a safe place to live. Number one, we need to be safe wherever we walk, whoever we are. And I think there's a, you know, it's really brought forward in the impact of recognizing how Indigenous women uh, are treated in this country in that context, in the, in the context of this report. And the fact that we come, come up with over 200 recommendations for changes or improvements or uh, ways to make things better is, is almost startling in, in what is 2019. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, what about other types of uh, recommendations, uh, including uh, guaranteed income for all Indigenous people? Yeah, and... and- you know, guaranteed income, the, the right to be treated equally. And I'm not quite sure how some of these things would work, or I would have a job in government maybe, or, or maybe uh, pushing the government a little bit. But these recommendations, the way of looking at things, um, how do we enact what is a promise? What is a, a, an agreement between peoples? And uh, I'm hoping we can get Brenda back on the line, because I know she has some wise words to add to this. But um, while we're waiting... You know, I had a thought a while ago that when the government comes into power, um, they make promises. Or when we see recommendations and reports, they are promises. And promise carries its own connotation. Uh, but I would like to see sometimes maybe things written out almost as, as a contract wherein the government says, we agree to do this. And they sign their name on it, which is a legal and binding concept of a contract. And I know there are legal penalties for, for failing to comply with a contract. If I write a contract with somebody and I don't live up to what I've said to do in my contract, uh, I'm in violation of that or a breach of contract, I can be fined. I can be sent to jail. I can get in quite a bit of trouble. But it, it seems there's places, um, there's ideas and contexts where that doesn't seem to hold. Uh, I'd rather see that enforced right, right across any system of government or policing where if they agree to do something, they say they're going to do something, they're held, uh, held to that agreement. Okay, let's hear from Bill in Toronto. Hi, Bill. Hi. You know, I can see why Harper didn't want to go down this rabbit hole. I'm listening to all, everything I hear today and everything I've heard so far. And I, I, I will admit it's early stages. I'm not well informed on it. But it just sounds like every everything is the problem everywhere except where the problem is. Could you not identify who the people are that are attacking these women? Where is it happening? Is it happening in downtown Toronto? Is it happening at a Wapiscat or on reservations? Like, let's be fair about this. Changing the justice system? Why? The justice system is fair and equal for everybody. It shouldn't be different for Indigenous people. Mm. It shouldn't be different for anybody. This is like more government nonsense of wasting money identify what the problem is. Don't blame Canada for everything we've done in the past. It's ridiculous. Okay, I'm going to let our guest respond. Thanks, Bill, for your call. What do you say to people who say that? Um, and thanks for your words, Bill. The Yeah, why, why is there a system where what is claimed to be equity, uh, you know, we claim to be a diverse and equitable country, and yet clearly we see reports that state, no, this is not the case. So, and who is, who is in the position of power uh, to allow this to happen? How is this happening in this country? And what is the brochure of Canada that promotes itself as being a particular way? 
Um, and when in, when in effect we can see from reports like this, this is not the case. You know, there's a time when we would call that false advertising. Okay, let's take a call from Margaret in Kitchener. Hi, Margaret. Yes. Um, I thought I'd have to wait, but I guess not. Uh, I don't know what's wrong with our government. They just have no, no humanity. Um, I'm 86, and this has been going on since I can remember. Mm. Uh, alcoholic uh, Indians, uh, they wouldn't let them in the hotels. Um, just treated cruelly so that, that the whole rest of Canada thought that they were going to hoop it up again if they had a drink. And um, the women were treated terribly. I was eight, and I could, I could see it, it drinking and smoking and terrible. I'm not sure what your, what, what your point is My there, point Mark. Is what takes them so long to smarten up? Uh, the government, I'm assuming that you mean. Yes. Thanks for your call. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, the government has been, she's talking about stereotypes that have persisted mm. for a very long time. It seems that there's uh, there's so many different peoples that have their own lenses, their ways of looking at different peoples. And where do we get the impression? In most cases, I can ask people, do you know? Do you actually know anybody Indigenous? And they might say yes, one or two. Or do you spend time with anybody Indigenous? Have you ever had dinner at somebody's house who is Indigenous? And quite often the answer is no. So what is it that feeds us the stereotypical image that we look at Indigenous people through? And that, that in some cases is a variety of sources, everything from movies, TV, um, uh, assorted concepts of media, uh, the, the newspaper, etc. This is what feeds. So what is it that controls, in some cases, for the better or for the worse, how we view another people? And I think that's what you're suggesting is that uh, expect them to whoop it up, I think was a phrase you used. I, yeah, I, I, I honestly wasn't quite sure what Margaret was, uh, was getting at. And I believe that we have Brenda back. Hello, Excellent. Brenda. Money, Brenda. <laughs> okay, that's much better. How far does this report go towards reconciliation? Well, I think it's a it's an important step in uh, bringing the truth out for uh, people to hear, mm. uh, other Canadians to to learn about. Uh, it's an important process of uh, letting us tell our story from our experience. And uh, being heard, I think that's very important. And what about the recommendations? Out of there, there is a very long list of recommendations. We haven't seen them all, but uh, they encompass changes to the justice system, changes to policing, and then other things like recognizing indigenous languages and also a guaranteed income for all indigenous people. How would you prioritize those things, Brenda? Well, I definitely think there has to be changes to the justice system, and, and uh, I think the police, um, they need training uh, on, uh, you know, what's happening in, in uh, a lot of families and, and communities where there's, a high, where there's a high rate of, uh, you know, domestic violence. They need to learn how to help and actually be helping uh, Native women when they're calling for help. I'm sure you've heard about that already. And uh, I can only speak from my own experience as a Native woman. 
and uh, I do tell my story as part of my uh, uh, teaching there at the University of Toronto mm. so that uh, students can learn from a, a first-hand uh, story of survival of domestic violence and, uh, you know, um, childhood sexual abuse. Like, it, it goes all the way back to uh, what has been said, uh, colonization and uh, uh, the long history of genocide. So you're talking about your personal experience. Yes. And so what would you say to extrapolate from from your personal experience to the general? Well, myself as a, a Native woman, I was in, a, in an abusive relationship and uh, a time when I did call the police for help, I myself was charged. You know, like... Uh, uh, it's not enough just to tell the police you're being abused. Uh, you got to pull out a great big long, um, mm. you got to prove it somehow, you know, like it's just not enough just to say, can you please help me? Um, you're met with this systemic racism that's, uh, you know, very ingrained, embedded uh, for many, many. Uh, Do you feel that that is getting better? I think uh, there's been. A lot more awareness now, and, uh, you know, of course, with um, Indigenous services now being provided, things are getting better, but there's still a lot a lot that can be done um, in the mainstream, like, you know, in society uh, uh, as a whole. Uh, a lot of education still has to reach people. So. Oh. Okay, let's hear from William in Toronto. Hi, William. Uh, I have a few non-qualified suggestions that might be helpful. Okay. Um, I would say that uh, if if a crime happens within the indigenous community, then uh, they th- it should be dealt with within the community with their own laws and their own way of doing things because they were here first. They know how to do things and take care of things their own way. There is an intrusion, let's say, by the white man, for lack of a better term, okay? And uh, the intrusion is not working, so let's, the crime persists, uh, happens within the community, that the indigenous people deal with it, and there has to be, and if it happens out of the community, then there has to be things uh, put in place where they can... Okay, William. Well, I think that that happens to a certain extent, but do we need more of that, Kat Krieger? Well, I think uh, right off we have to recognize that um, more more than 50% of our peoples now live off-reserve. We're urban indigenous peoples, if you would. That uh, the community as as a word, as a definition, um, as a reserve even, are sometimes small and remote places. Other times they're uh, um, somewhat larger. Um, here in southern Ontario, there's there's almost a different styling to the availability of, of um, resources, et cetera. So there's a lot of things going on within a community. And I'm unsure, I guess, how, how to set up a system of what in this country is called law enforcement, yet it gives me a good feeling if I'm on a reserve and I see somebody who might have a uniform on or maybe dressed as, as uh, you know, driving an official vehicle, I'll call it. But often it will say peacekeeper. 
Mm-hmm. And I've loved to hear that concept, that idea that somebody is a peacekeeper because it entails and is inclusive of so many different ways of doing something. And I think, uh, you know, I think in this country and I think in this, this city that we need peacekeepers. Um, yes, we have a police force. I recognize the uh, necessity of it. Um, how to deal with, with different locations for things occurring. Um, and, and you hit something else on the on the head a little bit that um, we uh, the indigenous people were here first. So um, maybe we call our, our community, our home, our place, this entire country. So maybe there's a shift in perspective where we take things from one uh, from one viewpoint that are, are are good that can add to things. I like to say we can accumulate the best from both places, pull them all together, and we might have a system that begins to work a lot better than the one now. Brenda, do you want to see more indigenous justice solutions or do you think that uh, there's already that's already adequately done? Well, I think it is uh, being done and uh, very adequately, but I think what needs to happen is for non-indigenous uh, uh, services to come on board and mm-hmm. learn, you know, about uh, our history here in Canada and to learn what is in uh, actually providing help and assistance to, to Native women when they ask for help, you know, calling for help. Uh, there's still a lot of um, blind spots there, you know. What about, uh, there was a terrible, notorious case recently, and that is uh, the the woman can convicted of the murder of a Tory Stafford ending up in a healing lodge and people weren't even sure if she was actually indigenous. How do you prevent abuse like that, Kat? Um, how do I prevent that? Abuse? Or not you, well, I, how, I do we? Yeah, how do we? Um, that's a good one. And, you know, we're talking everything from accountability to recognition of, of, of connection through actual DNA, um, who comes from where, and that's that's at, uh, you know after 500 years of contact, there's there's so much mixing uh, of peoples and DNA. I what, what is your question? Well, there yeah. the 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 indigenous justice system. So we had this case that mm-hmm. of uh, a the woman convicted of the murder of yes, a young. Yes, I know about the case, but what is your question? My question is: so if if we have more indigenous type justice, how do we pre- prevent an abuse like that? An abuse that the lady committed? No, not that she, the, but that she ended up in a healing lodge as opposed oh, to a yeah. hard time. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Those uh, uh, lodges are uh, mainly for Indigenous offenders. Mm. It's culturally appropriate. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and not only that, but there's a lot more to it than just, uh, it is. There's a lot to it. There's a lot of um, self-healing. I mean, um, there's a looking at yourself, which is a lot more than what may happen in a lot of prisons, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so but do you think those should? Do you think those should be used for very serious crimes like that? In this case, nobody even knows if she's indigenous. Nobody is quite right. sure how right. she ended up well, there. This is the thing. It's it's good to do that if it's early on in that person's. Uh, um, tendency to abuse you know you need to catch these people when they're young yes and they're they're just starting to to um uh, uh, develop this mindset you know 
uh, victimi- victimizing people. Uh, I don't know if it works so well on hardened career criminals, you know. That's uh, a- I think they're way past the point of, I'm ready to look at myself. Uh, it, it just, this just in, uh, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau has weighed in and he says that, uh, this, the, the violence towards Indigenous women and girls is, uh, quote, sadly not a relic of Canada's past, but it shows that the justice system has failed them. I'm not sure about the phrase, not a relic of Canada's past. Well, it's current. That means. That's what he means yeah. is that it's current. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes. the justice system has failed them. Yes. Do, do you, as as an indigenous woman, do you feel better with the prime minister saying that so clearly? Well, yes. Yeah, somebody's, you know, they they should own up to the fact that this is what Canada has done. Hmm. You know, they need, the Canada needs to take responsibility here. Well, I think that's happened. I guess the question is, what is the move from responsibility to action? Yeah. Uh, Again, Brenda, what do you see as the priority to get moving on here? I think the priority is to um, tackle the systemic racism, what's um, keeping us in this, uh, um, I don't know what you would say, stagnation, I guess, or, uh, Mm. you know, uh, where the racism is held in place. uh, is definitely training across the board for police people. Uh, the ones who are the frontline frontline people. Um, education. That's where I, that's where I I worked, and uh, I see that as continuing to be a very valid, very important process for everyone. You know what? We have a caller who wants to talk about education as a solution. Pat in Toronto. Hi, Pat. Good morning. Yes, education, I believe, is the key answer. Um, the unfortunate thing is, except in the far north, many of the original ways of life have been lost. And it, it, we have to find a way to integrate all the indigenous into society. And I guess I, I heard the comment about mixing of blood because I do have an indigenous blood, but a very small uh, piece of it. But I think the real answer is make education the most important aspect and pay big dollars to get everybody educated because otherwise we're not going to bring the people in remote areas into our society and we're just going to continue to have the problem. You know, the, the abuse and the law system, etc., they're just the end result. We've got to get to the way to fix this in the first place. And I believe that is just unlimited funds for education. And and what about this idea of a guaranteed income for all Indigenous people? I mean, well, income I lot, plays into it. I have a problem with that. I mean, because that doesn't solve the problem. I think solve, solving the problem is providing money for education, for community college, for universities, so that the young people find a way to be able to integrate into our society. I mean, um, I I believe that's the reason we have all the problems on a number of the remote areas, you know, drugs and gasoline sniffing and suicide, etc. The kids see no way to, um, to, you know, to survive in the, in, in back in the, in, in the old ways, because the old ways have passed them. Okay, Pat, I'm going to run that by our panel. Thank you. Uh, do you agree, Kat? Um, 
I would need more insight into what Pat's actually saying to agree right out. But, you know, one of the things I think about really quickly is that uh, to have a career in something requires a base education starting very young, working through everything. You accumulate different types of knowledge, skill sets, uh, information, and you put that into what is your career. Let's just say a police officer. If along your uh, travel through education, that doesn't include um, true histories or uh, concepts of what constitutes uh, ignorance towards different cultures, uh, there's no education along the lines of understanding other peoples. If that's missing, like we see many things, the recommendations show that many things are missing from our education system broadly, then it's hard to expect somebody in a position later on in life to carry that knowledge unless it can be added in. And I think there's a few old sayings that talk about trying to teach new tricks. But we are humans. We are two-leggeds. We have the the gift of choice. We can choose which way we walk and how to be and what to accumulate. I think there needs to be a little more focus before people reach a mindset, before people have embedded in their way of being. uh, Okay, so I think think Pat was talking about education uh, for Indigenous people, and you're talking about education for the rest of us who need education. Mm-hmm. And, you know, being exposed to or part of, or I don't want to use the word assimilated. Mm-hmm. I don't like that word. Um, but that is what's happening. A lot of our people walk in the society now, meaning our people, meaning the indigenous people. And that idea of, I think everybody needs to understand each other. It's hard to build a bridge if you only have one side. If there's nowhere to go on the other side into open water, then you don't want to walk across that bridge. So a lot of our people do not want to integrate into a society that is obviously has issues. Okay, uh, Brenda, we're starting to run out of time on this. Uh, where do we go from here? Well, I think it's important to start talking together and be honest and try to be a better listener to Native people uh, instead of getting caught up on uh, political um words you know uh i myself i get tripped up with all these uh um the language sometimes mm. in academia but um just to start listening to what native people are saying and take it for that's really what they're telling is their truth uh and uh, not um, get so caught up on the word genocide um i always find that frustrating you know when they start trying to Okay. Hello? Okay. Kat, what would you like to leave us with? Um, you know, it, it's good to hear your words, Brenda. Uh, it's it's nice to hear your voice. And you have some really good points there about the, the idea of people need to listen. Um, and we're both educators, you and I. And we know that if we're, we're attempting to teach something, and part of our class is not listening, they're the ones that are suffering. They're the ones that are missing something. And knowledge is a gift, and we want to share gifts that are for the betterment of all, uh, you know, especially for the betterment or the the uh, stopping some of the atrocities. This is an atrocity. I hate to use another word, but there's a description of it. Okay. That is all the time we have for this. Thank you so much to Brenda Wastasakut and Kat Krieger, traditional Indigenous elder. We appreciate your take on it very much. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one.
You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.